Curtin Cade Mornings, not just on the radio. It's a podcast, too. Do you know someone contemplating deconstructing their faith? Maybe they need to ask more questions. We spoke with Matthew Lee Anderson, a Moody author of Called Into Questions, Cultivating the Love of Learning Within the Life of Faith. It's a beautiful book, and he shared his thoughts with us. I loved your book. I got it. I just got to it yesterday, and I started reading it, and uh, it's just—it's beautifully done. I love the style of writing. It's beautiful. It's poetic. I wasn't sure if you would even have a sense of humor at first, because it was just <laughs> so deep, and, and it almost has like a longing to it that I really enjoyed. Uh, what uh. prompted you to write a book on questioning? Yeah, I appreciate that. That's a very kind endorsement of it. I, I, it's funny that you wondered whether I had a sense of humor because <laughs> I took out a lot of jokes because my editor thought they might be distracting. Oh, so, okay. Um, so now we know. know. There's that. <laughs> I, you know, I've I've thought about questioning for a very long time. I did an undergraduate degree that was all discussion, basically. So I spent a thousand hours in a classroom asking and answering questions. And in that time, I I spent a lot of time reflecting on what I was doing and how I could do it better and how questions intersected with my faith as a Christian. It seemed to me I had been raised in an environment, I had a very good home. My father was a pastor, um, very loving, and definitely supported my questioning. But I was in a church environment where people around me didn't always love my uh, impertinent, shall we say, at asking <laughs> questions. And so there, uh, people weren't always receptive to questioning. And I really wanted to understand what role, what place questions have in a Christian community in the Christian life. So that's that was really the motive. It's it's always personal for an author. Anytime an author writes a book, there's 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 some yeah. story that they have behind them that that is animating it. And it's certainly the case with me. Yeah, you know, and I'm really connected to that as well, I guess, because I was raised Catholic and but loved God and wanted to find God, you know, and wanted mm-hmm. to know more. Went to a priest, asked him a question, don't even remember what it was. He answered me with some uh poem from the little uh, guy on the planet. I forget the name of it, that book, Mm. you know, and I thought, that's not right. (laughs) You know, I knew that. And so that led me on my journey to find God for, you know, completely for myself, not from somebody else so much. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think I see the value in questioning. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, young people are Many of them are very disposed to question, like little children question a lot. And that gets beat out of children along the mm-hmm. way somewhere. But those those people who retain it, you know, meeting someone who doesn't handle their questions well, it can be very, very alienating. And there's a lot of people, you know, deconstruction is all the rage these days uh, among a certain set. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not clear that my college students really know what deconstruction is or care at all. But people who are 25 to 40 who are very online have been, quote, deconstructing that is systematically dismantling their upbringing as Christians. And one concern that I have about that is whether they ever met anyone along the way who took questions seriously and who gave them an alternative, who said, you know, you do have hard questions. Here's a way in which you can fold those into the Christian faith. If they hadn't met that sort of person, I could see how they could end up rejecting the whole thing because they'd never been taught to question well, so they're going to question badly. How do you question well? 
I, you know, it's, it's always dangerous. I, I, I tell people, I really want people to start with the questions they have. That's the first thing, right? You, the first, yeah. first rule of questioning well is asking questions, whether you think that they're good or bad. But I think you can compare two different questions in the Bible to get a sense for what it means to question well, what it means to question badly. If you look at Mary's question, when the angel comes to her and says, you know, you're going to bear the Messiah, uh, she's very surprised by this, and she asks, how will these things be? It's a very simple question. She expects that what the angel has said is going to come true. She doesn't doubt that it's real, but she asks how. Like, how is this going to happen? I need to know. I want to understand how this works. And I think the simplicity of that question, the elegance of that question, is the type of question that the life of faith asks. If you contrast that with, say, the question, the first question of the Bible, the question that the serpent asks in the garden to Eve, which Eve does not challenge, she just answers, you know, did God really say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? It, there's so many things about that question that are wrong. Yeah. Um, it, like, it's, it's a distorting question. And it has that hint of disbelief at the outset. Did God really say? Um, and I think there's two different types of, two different paths of inquiry, two different types of questions that are embodied there that we have to think very seriously about. Yeah. And some, like you were pointing to, are, are uh, sneaky, you know, and, and but yeah. other, but any honest question is okay. I mean, God can take it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's, I say it's dangerous because when you put your honest questions to God, you have to be open to God putting His honest questions back to you. Yeah. That's part of the reciprocity. It's part of the, the life, the relationship that God calls us into. Job puts a lot of questions to God for the first you know, 40 chapters of the book. That ending where God puts a lot of questions to Job, were you there? when I formed the heavens, right? The, those are really hard questions, and Job is very admonished by those. But it's also a sign that he can take it, right? Like that, that God does come and reason with us in that way. Right, because having doubts us. is not a problem. I mean, it happens, and it's it, honest. It, 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 yeah, that's right. It, it is honest. It does happen. You know, what, what the New Testament is worried about with respect to doubt is a kind of dividedness in the person. I want to do this, and I do not want to do this at the same time. I want to go to church, and I don't want to go to church. I love God, but I hate Him at the same time. And those are, you know, there are real moments. I describe one, and I've got an appendix, and I describe one that I have had in the last year. The real moments where those, like, that really comes upon us, and we have to be honest that that's a possibility. The Lord calls us out of that, um, and wants us to rise up and follow him, but he doesn't want us to do that by denying or stifling those moments. We have we have to be honest about our questions before God, because if we aren't, no one else can be that for us. Right, right. And how do you get answers? Now, this song, you allude to this song, and let me just say, at midnight when I woke up, it was uh, playing in my head, and it's the Jesus Joy of God, des Man's Desiring. And yeah. uh, you you uh, work that into one of the chapters on confidence of faith. You draw a beautiful illustration. I was like, 
It was dancing in my head as I was thinking about God and all the path in life. You did such a beautiful job there, although you got me up at midnight, so okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking you to task for that one. But but it talks about our faith walk in in a way that uh, you can handle it even if, uh, you know, to know there are ups and downs. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love that song. It's really wonderful. We've probably all heard it at a wedding, but mm-hmm. it's circular, right? Like it just moves around this center and it sort of comes back to the same theme and it's it's movement, but it's the same. It's always getting deeper and more elegant and there's a period in the middle where the key changes and it moves into a kind of minor tone and we feel a sort of sadness and longing as we hear that. I think this is partly why I love it at weddings and why it's mm-hmm. so popular at weddings because everybody knows a wedding's going to be hard, but or a marriage is going to be hard, but within the middle of that hardness there's still this continuity and you're still moving around the same theme and then you come out of that and you return to the the central happy key. And it becomes better. And and that's, to me, the type of confidence that faith has. There are seasons where of lament, of sadness, of sorrow, but you're always circling around the same person and you're always going deeper into the same person and moving into a sense of joy in and through the sorrow and the sadness. And so, I, it, it's a song that I I I love very much. Thank you for taking some time to listen to this episode of the Curtain Cape Mornings podcast. We always welcome a review with your thoughts and comments, and please feel free to subscribe and follow us as well. You talk about a world fit for questions. Uh, Are we? How does that work? And how can we be better at making it that way? Yeah, a world fit for questions. I really think it's a strange world. And if we look closely at it, if we attend very closely to it, we'll discover all sorts of oddities. I was actually with a group of friends this weekend, and one of them had us look at flowers. I, I spent an hour of my life just looking at flowers in very granular ways and talking about the different parts and learning some of the part names of flowers like I was in a botany class in elementary school. And... You know, I noticed all sorts of things about flowers that I'd never seen before. And that's true of everything within our world. The world that we live in is meant to evoke questions from us because it's really strange. Mm -hmm. And the faith that we affirm is also really strange. God became man. If we could just think about that for a long while, we'd see (laughs) that it's, in certain respects, pretty ridiculous. Like, it's weird. And that's not something we have to be ashamed of. That's something that we can lean into and ask questions about and delight in the weirdness and embrace it because that's the truth. The truth, I mean, there's that old cliche, the truth is stranger than fiction. And in many respects, there's truth to that, right? It's a cliche because true things can be odd. And so, that's that's kind of what I want people to discover is the the strangeness of the world, the strangeness of creation beneath our fictions about it, to, to help people wake up and pay attention to what's happening around them. And, and questions are a central way of doing that. So much to talk about, Matthew, but uh, called into questions. The first I saw it, I said, wait, question, what? But that's what you mean, right? Call, call, called into questions. Am I right? Yeah, that's right. And it's, you know, it's, of course, a pun on 
called into question. You know, if、mm. we call someone into question, we throw doubt upon upon them. We cast suspicion on them. We think of them as a dubious character. But we're called into questions as Christians. God has called us into the life of faith, and if we think about Faith. There's an intellectual component to it, right? We reason, we think, we have minds, and we love. That is the form that our faith takes, right? Like we want to love God and we want to love others around us, and the form that our love for God and others takes when it is transformed to our minds is questioning. Questions reveal our loves to the world. They show us what we're interested in. They show others what we care about, what we want to understand more. And so that's what God has called us into. He's called us into a life of revealing our loves through asking questions about Himself, about those around us,、uh, about the world around us, and so on. Amen. And to each other, one of your、uh, the chapters is. Friendship, disagreement, and our fundamental commitments. And you、uh, quote William Blake:、uh, "Opposition is true friendship." <laughs> Now, in today's world, that's a tough one. It is a tough one, yeah. And there's there's all sorts of types of friendships that I think a lot about. Like G.K. Chesterton, an early 20th century century writer, was really good friends with George Bernard Shaw, who was on the opposite side of every issue. They disagreed <laughs> about. Everything, and they were just extraordinarily good friends.、Um, really, really impressive friendship. And I think those sorts of friendships are very rare these days. I I don't think that questions can help us overcome really deep, really fundamental divides. There are limits to what questioning can do, but. I really am concerned that with people that we disagree with, that we are actually short-circuiting the work of understanding. That before we reach the level of disagreement, we really have to have a sense for what they think and why they think it. And that's where the work of questioning happens—not in an antagonistic way, not where we're putting the other on trial, but where we really do want to understand how is it that you see the world and why do you see things that way. And I, I really want to know because I care about you. I care about the truth, and it's possible that people we disagree with actually have some of the truth, and we don't. And we have to be open to that. But also, at the end of the day, once we do that work of understanding, there's still going to be a right or wrong about the matter, and it may be the case that we understand someone and just disagree with them.、Uh, every marriage has reached that point、yeah. where you think, like, we've talked about this, we've asked each other a lot of questions, we understand where we're coming from, we just disagree over the reasons and how weighty they are,、um, and that happens. And, and you, you sort of work through、okay. that. That's okay. That's a respect thing comes into the question. As well, yeah, that's right. It's really an act of love for another that you would try to understand them and that you would work through their reasons for thinking what they think.、Um, it's 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 a way in which we love another person. Amen. Well, now you begin the book with a quote about exploring by T.S. Eliot, and the last chapter talks about the end of our exploring. And you, I think you were referring earlier to this story about Ava. Yeah, yeah. There's a. I've I've friends who had a child with a congenital disease, and you know she lived just past her first birthday. She celebrated one birthday, and I I watched them during just an extremely difficult time, and watched their faithfulness, and I I spent a lot of time thinking about what type of world it is that that an infant could. 
be born into it and only have a, a year and has, have spent most of that one year of life intubated and in a hospital room, right? Like just extreme, extremely hard. I mean, we can ask mm. versions of this question in light of recent, recent events in Israel. How is yeah. it that we can have this sort of world? And I think one of the central difficulties of questioning is coming to terms with that problem. One of the central questions that we put to God is, how did you, why did you leave us, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, why did you leave us on our own? We have the Holy Spirit, but we don't seem to be doing a very good job in general of you know, <laughs> yeah. living as God would want us to live as human beings. And that's a very hard question. But I think one of the, one of the things that I try to underscore throughout the whole book is that hope is really the central virtue of the questioning life. That if you ask, if you think about what a question is, you're looking for an answer, you want an answer, and you believe that there's going to be an answer. We don't ask questions if we don't trust that there will be some type of answer. And that's hope. And so, you know, like the end of our exploring is we're going to see a God who satisfies all of our questions, who answers all of our hopes, but then who also allows us to ask even more questions. I, it's a fun question to think about whether there's question, whether there will be questioning in heaven. <laughs> um, and I, and I, I think, yes, I think we're not going to know everything and we'll continue to learn more about the world. And, you know, God knows everything, but he's God and we are not, and we will not be in heaven. And so when we reach the end of our exploring, when we meet God and see him face to face, I think we're going to be liberated to ask a lot of questions that we might not have capacity to ask right now. Yeah, and they'll give us more questions, and we'll spend the first thousand years doing that. Do you have any words of advice for someone contemplating or dealing with someone who is deconstructing their faith? Yeah, I would say be patient. Um, It's a long life, and lots can happen within it. Deconstruction is, I think, not a healthy way to approach the intellectual life. It's, It's a process or a system of tearing down, and I think the first movement of the intellectual life is not one of tearing down, but trying to understand. And so I would I would say be patient and see if you can talk with them and help them come into a posture of trying to understand the faith that they are turning against. A lot of people don't they actually think like our level of knowledge for why Christians believe certain things is, is very low. And um, many people who have turned away from the faith have not actually understood some of the deep architecture of what they're turning away from. Not, that's not true of some. Some some really do understand. But I think uh, trying to help people understand what the faith is, is the first step for those who are deconstructing. Amen. And another good step would be, read this book, Called Into Questions. <laughs> I really do like it. It's it, it's a very thoughtful book. Uh, it's Matthew Lee Anderson, Called Into Questions. Matthew, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This has been lots of fun, Kate. Really it appreciate has. it. Thanks for listening to Curtain Cape Mornings Podcast. Please take a minute to follow, subscribe, and review us. And no matter where in the world you are, you can listen to us live from 6 to 9 a.m. weekdays on the Moody Radio app.